Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Bazira Kid. And... Flick. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? That's what we need. Anyway. Uh, last week, the party fled the Earth Elemental Upheaval on the Eastern Island, which was definitely a good choice considering how poorly combat had been going up to that point. Flick was able to Dimension Door out of the Earth wor- Worm of the Earth's stomach and flee on his broom, while Bizdira dragged a flying kit out of harm's way rather forcefully. <laughs> After some quick reconnoitering, our adventurers approached the city at the center of the island in search of Fiona and the Necroman. They did not successfully find either of them, but they did catch sight of a little clockwork bunny and hurried down to the ground to greet their old friend Mox. Mox gave the crew some updates about what's been going on here in the East, including that Fiona and the Necroman are working on a secret project that's had them sequestered for several days with no contact. What are those two up to? Is it some hugely helpful idea that will turn the tide of the inevitable war with the Beast? Or was Bria right about Fiona all along? Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hello. 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 How we doing? Oh, concerned. (laughs) Yeah, a part of me wanted to say better than last week, but I mean, in a way, yes. Like I'm not being swallowed by a worm, so that's good. Yeah, definitely. Situations changed for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, so I have like a media thing this week. During the break in between episodes, uh, I walked out to like refill my water and my partner Sam was finishing the game Horizon Zero Dawn, which if you're not familiar is sort of post like far, far post-apocalyptic game uh, where there are like sentient machines that have ravaged the planet uh, and like civilization has reverted back to like uh you know tribal type society and ashley birch voices the main character and it's this it's a really actually fascinating story so anyway i will just say that sam just finished the game and in between episodes i went out and he was watching the final cutscene, and we both just like sat on the couch in silence like softly weeping it was such a beautiful ending to this really lovely story so if you're a, a video gamer uh and and uh, sort of long form rpgs like that are your thing uh you should definitely go play horizon zero dawn and the new sequel that just came out horizon forbidden west uh because the story is beautiful the voice acting uh ashley birch is a genius uh and and it was really really lovely and beautiful and sad and and evocative uh so yeah that's that's my thing for this week that's quite a recommendation i gotta say yeah Yeah. i you know i have played a few games in the last couple of years that i'm like this is a story worth hearing, even if you don't really play video games. Like, the story that this thing tells is is uh, uh, engaging and amazing and evocative and all of these things and make you feel things, and this game was definitely one of them. And I only watched him play probably, I don't know, 30 or 40% of it, but I knew enough about the main story that I was like, this is wonder. This is, like, beautiful storytelling. So, go do that. That's my wreck this week. Anybody else got anything to talk about? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I started okay. two towers reading Oh. That. So I'm on the second. You made it through the book. first one? 
I made it yeah. through the first one, read the firm in between. Okay, just a little light, light change <laughs> little of pace. light reading. <laughs> My nails are really happy I finished the book because I was chewing on them. <laughs> <laughs> there are aspects of that book that do not hold up very well, like the constant use of payphones. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, so just John Grisham in general, fun fun stopover. I love it. If if you need some easy to get through lawyer dramas that'll <laughs> make you chew down all your nails, by all means, read them. I, you know, great. I hear that is a I am constantly bombarded by people asking me, I'm looking for a lawyer drama that'll make me chew my nails down to the bone. <laughs> right? Can you help me? <laughs> The, I think the best part is I've never actually seen the movie. Oh, I haven't either, actually. Um, I love it. All but, right. Well, you yeah. got some books. Yeah, you got some video games. Anybody else got anything? I think I just want to play day and day. Yeah, I know you do. I'm, I'm trying to stall, but you're right. It's time. All right. We can return to the necropolis. Off we go. The necropolis. <laughs> <laughs> it just means City of the Dead, and it's this is good. that's exactly what this is. <laughs> yeah, this is called yeah, Death Island, technically. I think we I named it that. I know what it means. I don't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> you mean as a druid, one who reveres the natural order of things, you don't like dealing with undead creatures? No! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so you're here, you're with Mox, you're walking, and Mox has just dropped, well, to you all, the, uh, the uh, not inconsiderate bomb uh, that Fiona is up to something, TM. Well, I think we must continue on and investigate what it is. Okay. Yeah. I, I, For what it's worth, I mean, yeah, like, I feel like you all have the, the authority, whatever, like, you should just, I feel like I just want to give you all the information, which is, this is Mox talking, which is to let you know um, that she did request they not be disturbed for whatever that's worth, but, like, you know, do what you think is right. Are they holed up in the Arcanium? Yeah, so I've sort of wandered in that direction a few times, and it looks like there's, uh, they've sort of, I mean, I don't know if you all saw some, I mean, you must have on the way in, some of the defenses that have been built. There's, like, a, a, a building-ish that has been sort of built where they've been working on something. They built it around the node as sort of, like, a defense of the node, and then that's where they've been working on things. I'm very curious as to what Mox was doing out here in general. Like, what if they don't want to be disturbed, like, what was Mox doing, hanging out, hopping around as a bunny? Yeah, well, he for a while, you know, Octavia sent him to be the liaison, really, between Fiona and and, and her. Um, but since they've been sequestered the last couple of days, uh, he's just sort of been interfacing with um, the three generals uh, that sort of take care of the city defenses. With the tongues? Uh, yeah, one of them has a tongue. It's, it's awful when I have <laughs> to talk to that one. one. <laughs> no tongues for the other two. <laughs> no tongues present in the rest. That's why they're so freaky. <laughs> I don't think I am a parrot anymore because I don't think it's serving any purpose other than, you know, I have to do a fun voice. I beg what do you mean? Go on, live your yeah. life, I suppose. I would like to ask Mox whether he delivered the message uh, that the sister was coming to this island to Fiona? Uh, he does not know what you're talking about. What did Octavia do? Um, he will say, now, I, you know, I get my orders from, um, mostly from Octavia. Um, occasionally, I think Talanus gets delegated to, you know, give me some, um, some things to do. Uh, but, but, but I do think that Octavia has been in direct contact with Fiona. Um, so, so, you know, maybe I just wasn't used as the middleman. I, I don't, I don't know. Is, uh, what, sis, should we be concerned? I don't, no. that sounds bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's not the scary one. 
No. Make a make that's a persuasion fair. check. I mean, that's also not entirely untrue. Make a persuasion check. Ah, I crit. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that I am so believable. <laughs> cool as a cucumber. <laughs> yeah, and and Mox, you know, hook line and sinker is like, oh, well, that's a relief. I I didn't realize there was a non-scary sister. That's great news. <laughs> say not scary it's a less scary less scary oh. that's it why are you ruining my crit i'm gonna i'm gonna take kit's word since since kit crit i'm gonna go ahead and take her word that everything is fine despite okay. that somewhat ominous uh footnote that was just added yeah so mox doesn't have any knows nothing about about the sister but has said you know that doesn't mean fiona doesn't yeah i mean i wonder if octavia got to her first and that's why they're doing something in there that's kind of what I'm wondering as well. Like if she thought that it was big enough news that was worth using ascending to just tell Fiona and but I don't know why Fiona's reaction would be to do something when she's the one who keeps telling us to whatever compromise and work with your siblings. So I am <laughs> suspicious. I, I mean, I uh, what if those two didn't get along? Maybe she Possible. knows who, you know, that's my best guess, though. I ain't got many other guesses. To, um, to Fiona! <laughs> well, do, well, she said that they didn't want to be disturbed. I think we've been walking there the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume you all are walking in that direction. So at this point in the in the walk and talk, uh, you all have sort of reached the, like, bombed out center where the Arcanium used to be. It's still, like, largely rubble and stuff, the same way that it was when you all were here last time. But you do see right at the center where the the node used to just be exposed out to the air, uh, there is a, not a, I mean, it's not huge, but it's not a little building uh, that has, like, just like a one-story, fairly makeshift structure that's been constructed around the node and closed off from, from the outside there. And Mox sort of indicates that building is where he is pretty sure that that Fiona and her friend have been working the last several days. Are the generals around anywhere? Uh, What a good question. Make perception checks. (laughs) Bizdira. 18. Kit. Passive? Uh, Sure. 19. Flick. 20 adjusted. All right, so all of you, uh, as you sort of arrive there and take it all in, uh, you hear footsteps uh, coming from several different directions towards the center of the city, uh, towards the center of this area. uh, And you see coming out of three different, like, uh, streets, alleyways, whatever, leading into the same area that you were in, are, in fact, the three generals, as you remember them, with small, uh, like, two to three person escort details. Um, and so to to remind you about what you see, uh, you see the one of them has uh, is is sort of with these long claws, this undead ghast with long claws and arcane bluish arcane symbols tattooed all over its arms and chest and back. And it's wearing sort of a, a, a makeshift skirt with like a piece of rope tying it together. Another one uh, is has a a just completely covered in iron uh, armor and has an enormous iron long sword at its back and is riding one of those horrible undead ghoul steeds uh, that you all may remember from before, the sort of 
almost humanoid looking, but but moves around on all fours mount that some of these creatures use. Uh, and the final one, uh, the final one is all wreathed in black, uh, a black cloak. Again, long claws, bald head, uh, but wrapped up in a cloak and, and is sort of hard to keep your eyes on. There's something sort of shifty and mysterious and stealthy about this one uh, as it sort of flits from shadow to shadow. But the three, uh, these three generals have approached the center of the city and are all making their way towards now that building at the center where the node and theoretically Fiona and the necroman are. Question. Answer. Does the necromatic magic that I was feeling earlier feel stronger here? Can I get more of a sense of what it is or might be? Uh, It's definitely coming from that building, yes. Hmm. Lovely. Are we trying to be sneaky or are we just walking up and doing our thing? I... Yeah, I, I was, my assumption was just like, go up to the generals and say, hello, remember yeah, we, us, we need to talk to Fiona. We gotta talk to people. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Okay, great. So you all can approach this building. The generals and their entourages all just sort of watch you, but don't really move. But they just sort of watch you approach. Uh, and it sounds like Biz- Bizdeer has taken, <laughs> taken the lead hello! on the salutations. <laughs> Good to see you again. Wild. We need to talk to Fiona. Is it okay if we go in? The one wrapped all in black that sort of is surrounded by shadows is the one that speaks, and it says, The masters must not be disturbed. Okay, but for, like, how long? Because we're on a time crunch. (laughs) Until such time as their work is completed. A about that. What is what are they doing? That's a need to know basis and we don't. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sharing information is caring, right? Yeah, not, su- yeah. not surprised. Uh, right, not but, surprised. But the generals don't know is the point. So so uh this one says, um, we do not know. We simply trust. The masters have business for you in the meantime. Oh, do they? <laughs> they knew we were coming then, huh? Indeed. The masters are aware of most that goes on on the surface of this land. Okay, well, so- we just got here today, so... <laughs> but I will say we did make quite the ruckus. Oh, really? <laughs> we did. We, had, uh, we met some of your uh, earth elemental buddies in the field over there. The ghast nods and says, Exactly. That is what the masters wish for you to handle. Okay. Yeah, we're we, going to we need a tried. rest before we try to do that again. <laughs> the the iron ghoul, the one that's all in, in armor with the great big sword, uh, sort of takes a clanking step forward. And this is definitely... I mean, they all have tongues, uh, but this one is the one that seems least interested in keeping his in his mouth at any point in time. Uh, so it's just sort of hanging there at all times. But he steps forward and make inside checks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Flick. That's a 30. <laughs> Jesus. Kid. We, we know each 18. other on a very deep level. Me and this, yeah, this clearly. general. 18. All right. And uh, Bizdira? 11. Okay. The tongue uh, is kitten, just... Kitten Bizdira, it's the weirdest thing, but this, this ghoul is annoyed. You don't know that you've ever seen that before, but this ghoul is annoyed. Uh, and he steps forward and he says, We have been told 
that our armies are at your command for this mission. <laughs> Love the voice. <laughs> Makes me very happy. Great. Um, again, we're going to need a rest. Also, we're going to need your help for not just that. We have uh, some things we need to take care of ourselves. I cannot do that voice much more. So the <laughs> shadowy one is going to start talking again. Uh, <laughs> and so the shadowy one says, Do not misunderstand. We have been sent to you to fulfill specific functions. We are still tools of the masters. The While they have been talking, you now realize that the, the one with all the arcane sigils on it has been... You thought it was just, like, shuffling around and, like, awkwardly, like, not keeping still. But you realize now that, in fact, it has been drawing something into the dirt with its feet... Uh, and you look down and you see sort of a, you can recognize it immediately, it's kind of impressive. Uh, it is a rough map of the city and the surrounding areas. And as the shadowy one continues to talk, uh, the arcane sigil one sort of indicates areas on this little scribbled out map to to sort of tell you what's going on. But they basically tell you that there are, there have been sort of these three groups of elementals that have been battering the city's defenses and the defenses have been holding but they haven't they don't have the ability to go out and like strike at these groups and so eventually they're gonna wear down the city's defenses so what the masters would like for you all to do is basically take command of some of these undead units and get a little practice at commanding small armies, because uh, that might be useful to you, uh, and go deal with some of these elementals that are eventually going to break through the defenses if something more proactive isn't done. Can we do that tomorrow? I, that's up to you. Oh, uh, is Bizdira asking or is Lydia asking? Uh, Bizdira's asking. <laughs> okay, so uh, so the, uh, the gas can say, we are at your command until the masters have finished their work. Okay. I mean, we could do something today. We just wouldn't be able to help much ourselves because we don't have all of our resources. We could go command yeah. some some brigades of undead. True, and it's probably if we're going to do this, which I guess we are. You question have to. Mark? Well, you have to. Yeah, uh. we we do have some time until she gets here, right? The sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based on I say the sister. She's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> we're your uh, sisters. The Excuse sister. Me. Yeah, that's exactly Excuse right. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, we've and got I am your sister. <laughs> yeah, we had at least a few days the last time we checked, so which I think was yesterday, technically. God, I think that's true. I think that's <laughs> yeah. the case. So, yeah, we've got, even if we spend all day tomorrow here, we're probably okay to take a tree back to the coast the next day and still catch her. So uh, the, the question is, do we just go ahead and take a unit out now to deal with the ones that we just left and then worry about tomorrow taking out another one. Oh yeah, I should that that brings up an interesting point which is that none of the 3 units or like whatever groups of bad guys that these generals have indicated to you are the right composition to be the group that you all fought. So clearly there are at least 4 groups out there. Gotcha. Cuz then that was going to be my next question is like do we each take a unit out, try to 
destroy them, and then move on. (laughs) It's like, I hate all of this. (laughs) I feel like Kit is very overwhelmed by the idea of leading a group of undead to (laughs) defeat an elemental. Feels very out of her wheelhouse. Yeah, apropos of our conversation earlier, that feels weird for Kit, I'm sure. (laughs) I weirdly think Kit is, or Flick is okay with this, maybe? And I think (laughs) I, I think I'm on board. If if they're you know if they're in there doing whatever they're doing, yeah, I, I we kind of have to just bide some time. I don't see the generals letting us into that building without a fight, and I'm not really willing to have that fight because we need them on our side. Yeah, I agree, and I I'm also feel growing. like come on, I know I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I agree with you because I also think like I do think like even though Kit is a little bit suspicious, like I'm mm-hmm. going to believe that Fiona and the Lich are doing something for the good of our cause, and I don't want to disturb them if that's actually what's happening. Bria is somewhere screaming. Oh yeah, yeah she's fully not into it. <laughs> Bria would have charged in already. She'd be yeah. like, "Oh, I'm for not sure, doing this." She's already she's already picked the lock on the door and sneak attacked the Necroman. <laughs> uh, so I do think the question is: Do we split up and take? a group to each one and maybe ask the generals to go with a group to the fourth one or do we like each take a general with us to be like are we doing okay <laughs> like i don't know what do you guys think i don't know that's a really good question maybe we try it all of us once together and then we split mm-hmm. up okay mm-hmm. does that sound so shall we yeah so shall we take the generals and it the three or four phalanx i guess with us to the group that we just left and try to kill them now. I don't think so. I think we need to focus here. That's also what they asked us to do, right? I'm also, def- I'm, I also want to step in just real quick because I flick got a 30 insight. So, I, you know, here's another little tidbit. The generals don't seem to like each other a ton. Um, and sort of the, and the way that the whole plan was sort of described, it sort of was like, you know, they like... This group is on the Iron Ghouls part, like, triad of the city. And this ghoul is on the Necrophage Casts part of the city, right? Now, that isn't to say that you... I mean, they are under your command as far as they have told you. So if you want to group them all together, like, that's fine. I'm just saying, you know, uh, interpersonal relationships aren't great among the generals. And I think Flick would have picked up on that. Sure. Maybe we choose to go with like the three of us go with each one of them individually and they kind of like mm-hmm. describe their own situation and we help them with that i don't know yeah. does that sound okay yeah sure you all what <laughs> okay who's first? Uh, who's going who's going with uh the iron ghoul that's the one with the tongue that won't quit i mean <laughs> did you say it's you Bazira? i kind of think it's hilarious it's gross <laughs> but it's hilarious so, okay sure. all right so Bizdira will go with the Iron Ghoul. Uh, the Necrophage Ghast is the one with the sigils all over it that drew the map. I want that one. Okay, so Kit, you're going to go with the Shadow, Shadow Mancer. Yeah, the Shadow Mancer. Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, it would be fresh if you could pop on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get our podcast from and leave us a rating and a review. Honestly, all truth. We just like to read them. I just read a new article that's like, actually, reviews and ratings don't really matter that much, so... 
okay, who knows? Who cares? We love reading your very kind words. So, so write some, please. Thanks. We also want to remind everyone, of course, about our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash dnd last refuge to get access to all kinds of cool patron perks, like early access to certain episodes, character sheets for the PCs, and much more. And, uh, of course, if all that isn't enough, you're also supporting a ton of other content creators via our Patreon at Forward program. We do want to take a moment right now to recognize some of the awesome folks who are currently our patrons. Thank them for their support. We want to say an enormous thank you to our Heralds of Denier, Shimmy Gangot, Tanya and Ark, to our Shimmerscale tribe leaders Eugenio, Eliyahu of Merck Grove, Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge, and Harmony Bat. If you want to get shoutouts on the show and much, much more, hop on over to patreon.com slash dnd last refuge and become a patron today. Okay, idle champions of the Forgotten Realms, you've been hearing about it for a while. It's an awesome game and you should play it. We give you free loot for the game every week and my character Colonel Pest from the stream game A Familiar Quest is in this video game. I still, I can't get over it. It's so cool. Anyway, you should follow them on Twitter at Idle Champions, and be sure to check out our episode notes every week to get a fresh Electrum chest code. We want to thank BattleBards, Scott Buckley, and Kevin McLeod for the music you hear on our show. You can find their collections at BattleBards.com, ScottBuckley.com.au, and in CompTech.FilmMusic.io, respectively. As always, you can, of course, also check the episode notes if you want specific track names, artist names, and links to those tracks. If you ever get adventures, character options, new monsters, or really anything at all from the DMs Guild or from any of the drive through family of websites, be sure to use our affiliate links that you can find on our website or in our episode notes when you shop at those sites so that TLR gets a portion of your purchase. It's like Amazon Smile, but make it D&D. We also want to thank D&D Beyond for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. You won't regret it. Fancy a little more last refuge in your life? Dream of waking up to a cup of glorp and a relaxing puzzle sesh with Flick? Or maybe you just want to rep your favorite podcast during your morning run with a TLR t-shirt and water bottle? Well, your dreams can be a reality if you go to bit.ly slash TLR merch store, all lowercase, right now. Our merch store is fully stocked with all sorts of TLR goodness, and we're always on the lookout for ideas for new products. Visit the store, pick something out, and be sure to take lots of pictures and tag us on social media. Okay, I think that's all the announcements we've got for you this week. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, fight racism where, when, and however you can, and happy gaming, y'all. All right, so Flick, you go with the uh, necrophage, and uh, this one, he sort of, as he speaks with you, occasionally he will slip into, like, this strange, sort of like difficult to listen to arcane language and various uh, sigils will just like suddenly flare up Uh, just like there is constantly this sort of flow of magic through this ghast in a very strange sort of way Um, also he smells terrible and so uh, Mox provides you uh, with what Mox has been using uh, when he desires to turn on his sensor his olfactory circuits I guess Um, provides you with a little like Ungent to put on your upper lip uh, to counteract the smell. Perfect. Question. Before Answer. we actually uh, disperse, do we want to sure. send Mox back to the Enclave to let them know we're here and that like, 
these are the things that we're doing. Do you want them to know you're here when you don't yet have the proof that they required from you upon your return? Good point. Never mind. <laughs> we tell Mox, don't tell them. Yeah. Elementals are trying to destroy the island, so they might feel a little bit better about us. I, I'm just, I am merely pointing out different facts. You all can do as you please. You know that. I mean, Mox can tell Octavia in them. Okay, but, yeah. That's true. But not not the people who put us on trial. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, yeah, Mox is like, great, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, took me a little while to get back there, but yeah, absolutely. It's like as you, you know, you put the, the ungent on your lips so you don't you don't smell. The, well, you do smell this gas, but not uh, in any sort of uh, detrimental way to you. You get taken and you get introduced to this general's, to the, the, the battalion that this general has selected for this particular mission. Um, and you can see that there are a few uh, that you remember. Um, in fact, I think the first thing that you would see that definitely uh, uh, sparks some memory are these um, hands. Oh, the these, disembodied group. Do you remember the swarms of disembodied hands? Of disembodied uh-huh. hands? Yeah. Uh, so they are part of this this general's uh, war party. There are also uh, some of those moldy, uh, like mold-covered zombies that you all fought at one point. Uh, and there are these makeshift, like, they look like catapults. Um, and sitting in them are these, like, oblong tar balls, it looks like. Um, like, you know, you could light them aflame and fire the catapult. But as you approach this group, one of the tar balls uh, stretches and stands up. And you see it is, in fact, all of these tar balls are, in fact, uh, some of the tar ghouls that you all fought before, just like curled into balls, ready to be fired by these catapults. Whoa. Um, Way to take yeah, one for the that's team. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, that is a that is a I credit where it's due. That is a story consultant Robert special right there. Yay! Uh, I love it. Direct Very nice. direct from direct from the story consultant himself. Um, <laughs> so this is out towards the edge of the city. Uh, there are some makeshift like towers that have been constructed uh, for for you know vantage points. And the general sort of looks to you to decide how you want to direct this. It's up to you. You have some options that I think could be presented to you. You could be in the tower, uh, and you could give commands from up there. You know, you could spot for the catapults if you wanted and sort of do that up there. Certainly you could frontline it with the vanguard of mold zombies if you wanted. The the hands uh, are sort of like flanking support uh, as, as the enemy is engaged. They're able to sneak around from the sides and sort of distract and harry the, the flanks. Um, so it's sort of up to you where you would like to to position yourself and how you would like to involve, get involved in this. Hmm, that's a good question. I think I would like to be, I would like to start in the tower and then I have okay. access to my broom in case I would like to move and start. I think that will be helpful oh. to gain, like like you said, sort of spotting for the catapults, like when to fire, like who's approaching, that kind of thing. Um, that's great. For some reason, I have the Battle of Winterfell in my mind right now where I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny and Jon Snow where they're waiting on the dragons, you know what I mean? Um, uh-huh. Like that, I like definitely mm-hmm. up high trying to see where the two parties are coming together, you know? And on a lesser scale, let's be real. Um, sure. 
but I would like for the... Do I remember what the hands actually... I don't think we ever... No, we did see them. Do I remember what they do? Do they, like, consume things? What are they... (laughs) What's their deal? (laughs) I have a question for you before I answer that. Sure. How... They are they are definitely like distraction tactic troops, right? Okay, They're not okay. super powerful on their own, but they do have a couple of things. One is uh, they are they are also super smelly uh, and can distract by by stench. Um, but also they have this really awful ability where they can they can only do this to a certain point. But uh, when they take damage for the first time, instead of Dying instead of take because they you know they're not very hardy they can split into multiple little gorling disembodied hands so they're really good at like overwhelming a target quickly sure it just doesn't last very long because once they've split then right. when the split ones die they're dead um and remind me the the mold ones they like put out some sort of like poison or is it like mold yeah so these are the ones that have uh that that breathe out disease they oh. they. They breathe out spores uh, that that I think some of you all interacted with um, can cause disease, but also cause uh, necrotic damage in in oh, like fifteen good. foot cone areas. Yeah, and okay. when they die, they also uh, they also explode uh, with more spores. So good, like vanguard, shock troop, front line, whatever. Sure, I think I want the hands to be the front lines, and then the next okay. wave is going to be the mold, and okay. then all the while the catapults are going to be going. Great, all right. I think though I want that kind of like reloading as this uh, battle takes place. I don't know exactly what the skirmish, so to speak. Yeah, great. Uh, the general informs you that a couple of the mold zombies were already sent out into the woods to try to attract this group again, uh, to get them to come within range of the catapults where the hands and the mold That's zombies great. and everyone will be waiting. Okay, so as we as we leave you, Flick, from atop the tower, directing hither, thither, and yon, we can move over to, I believe, Kit got a seven, is that right? Correct, yes. All right, Kit, you are with the Shadowmancer, right? Correct. Okay, so yours, you uh, go with your Shadowmancer uh, to, to a sort of darkened section of the city. A lo- there, like the shadows in this area of the city seem much more, seem much deeper uh, than the, the current sunlight would suggest they should be. I feel like this is, is this the section that I went into and had all these horrible experiences where people were trying to kill me? I believe so. <laughs> yes. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I don't think Kit is super happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, I don't know if the Shadowmancer knows that or just, like, feels discomfort, but he's enjoying himself for sure. Good for him. I'm glad somebody is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so you are taken uh, with the Shadowmancer to meet uh, his chosen uh, battalion, um, which is full of shadows, which you, you know, as an adventurer have encountered many times. Uh, So incorporeal undead that drain life from their enemies. Uh, as well as shadow skeletons, uh, which are uh, undead skeletons imbued with the power of shadow. So they have magical ranged attacks that are basically like shadow magic missiles, kind of. Um, and then, obviously, are you know skeletons that can go and hack things with their scimitars and that sort of stuff. Um, but clearly, this crew is particularly uh, tricked out for stealthier infiltration assassination type missions. 
um, for whatever that is worth. Um, there are also these uh, these little spheres, and there's maybe a dozen of them, um, but they're all individually covered with like rags or cloth, uh, and the general shows them to you uh, and like lifts one up, and immediately a globe of darkness appears. Uh, around the little sphere and he's able to and then he covers it back up and just shows you that these are darkness spheres that can be thrown, carried whatever, but when they're uncovered uh, they emit magical darkness Um, there is also a viewing point tower here should you want to make use of that in a similar way to flick, although you don't have, you know, catapult type weapons here or anything else you can think of that you would like to participate with this battalion Okay, and and the elemental that we're fighting is not here. Has retreated. Uh, you can definitely see signs of previous like attempts on the city, but at the moment, nothing is. Uh, the the elementals are not here, so you have time to prepare the troops. Okay. Um. Da, 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 da. All right. I think. Okay. I think this is this is maybe what we're going to do. Um. Since we said. Since you said that they're good for stealthier missions, um, I would like to set up on like uh, on the defenses the the skeletons with the ranged attacks. I want them okay. to be set up over there. Great. I also, I guess, I'll also set up a few of them like with the or like on the ground in front of them with those spheres of darkness ready to uncover. And then I would like I would like to I'm going to lead a group of the first just basic shadow guys, I guess, into the forest looking for this elemental. I love that. We're going to sneak up on it. I'm going to use my staff and some pass without trace. Once we sneak up on it, I'm going to go in first with a fifth level thunder wave. And then the other shadows are going to start attacking it while I try to distract it to run back to the starting point um, where all of the skeleton shadow men are ready with their men and women are ready with their uh, (laughs) bows and arrows. And as soon as the elemental comes back into that, like the place where I'm basically trying to trick it to come back to, we're Uh going to unleash the darkness spheres so it can't see anything. And then we're just going to, the shadows are going to attack it and I'm going to run away so they don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I love that. Um, for what it is worth, uh, the Shadowmancer is able to tell you that uh, this group that has been attacking, at least up to now, has not had a worm. Um, but it has had, uh, in most of the other groups that they've encountered have only had one or two of the armored elementals. This one has three. Uh, so there are just more of them, but there's no worm with this group, as far as the Shadowmancer has ever seen. Just so you know what to expect out there. Okay, that's good to know. Maybe I'll use both my fifth level spell slots and just do two big thunder waves. Oh, okay. We'll think about it. I'm going to go in with some heavy artillery and then we're going to trick them and blind them. Great. (laughs) That's the plan. Yeah, I love it. Trick and blind. Just to clarify, where are the darkness globes and who is by them? Is are they up on the defenses? No, I wa- well, and maybe I'm misunderstanding the way that they work. But the way they work in my brain is maybe we have like a square of them, uh-huh. like I have oh. four people each holding one, and then once we get the elementals into the space, they'll uncover it so that that space becomes like a space of darkness. Does oh, that make got sense? it. Yeah, that totally makes sense. You can definitely do that, and I will say if you want to make a square of it, you can have sort of a huge 
area of darkness. Because each one of these uh, orbs probably casts... I think the darkness spell is a 20-foot radius. So these are a little bit less powerful than that. But even so, I would say 10-foot radius of darkness each one. So yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. Can, you can totally set that up into a big sort of blind killing ground wild. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, one of the, uh, as you're sort of walking through this plan, the make an insight check kit. When did my insight get so good? Um, it's a 16. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the Shadow Mancer uh, was sort of enjoying, like, I think maybe recognized you as well, right, from the last time, and so was sort of enjoying your discomfort. But as you've started to make these plans, the Shadow Mancer seems to, like, kind of be into this and, like, is, I mean, as excited as a largely emotionless undead can be. Um, <laughs> but he calls one of the, one of the shadows over, and the shadow is holding what looks like one of the darkness orbs, but it isn't covered, and it's not emitting darkness, right? And the shadow hands it to the shadow mancer who holds it up to you and and says, obviously we have a specific set of talents in my portion of the army, but I wonder, and he holds out the orb to you, we use these to enhance our powers of darkness to store that ability, but perhaps you can make use of an empty one in a different way. Uh, and sort of holds out the orb to you and just says, anything that you can think of to use it for, we can, of course, return it to a shadow to take, drop, and activate in a particular location, should you wish. Simply an option. Your creativity does you credit. I must learn from you. Thank you. <laughs> Kit doesn't quite know what to make of it, uh, but I'll take the orb. I'll yeah. see what it is. <laughs> you can sort of, and you can just feel that it it sort of pulls on you a little bit. Like it, it and, and as you focus on it, it pulls on your magic a little bit. It feels like you could sort of make some sort of spell grenade or spell bomb out of this thing. Um, you're not exactly sure of the mechanics of it, but like... You see what they can do with darkness, and you kind of get the idea. Okay, cool. All right. Maybe I'll make a little thunder wave bomb. <laughs> oh, there you go. You wouldn't even have to go in. You could hand it to the shadow, and the shadow could just set it off in front of them. That's sort of fun. That's true. All right, great. So while you uh, turn the orb over in your hands and try and figure out what the hell you're going to do with that, uh, we are going to pop over. Oh, oh, uh, I should say, so you are going to go in. I mean, the current plan is for you to go in to draw them out, right? To go with them. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. great. Just wanted to be sure. So the, the group that's going to go in with you there uh, sets up and is ready for whenever you are. Let's go over to Bizdira, who is with, oh no, the Iron Ghoul, Tongue Boy. Tongue Boy takes you to his Iron portion Ghoul, of Tongue the city. Iron Ghoul, Tongue Boy is the title of this episode. <laughs> uh, Iron Ghoul, Tongue Boy takes you, Bizdira, to his section of the city and his uh, battalion that he's got picked out for this. And, I mean, probably somewhat unsurprisingly, it's a bunch of armored ghoul soldiers and a couple of ghoul steeds. Uh, this group definitely is like the shock troop portion of the army, not so much the tactical portion of the army. Um, though you, of course, can be as tactical as you would like with them. They do have a defense tower. Um, they do all have ranged weapons. Uh, but there's just... You have way more troops to, to like, play with, Bizdira, 
but they do seem fairly straightforward in their approach. I feel like we got, we each got the appropriate general. Which is funny because yeah. uh, this is all based on the types of undead that we picked out for each of these three generals years ago when you all were here in season five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just happened to work out that way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that so you've got a tower for, uh, for you know, calling commands and seeing the battlefield if you want to make use of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have, you have like an, uh, you have like a cavalry. You have a small, I shouldn't say two or three. There's like enough ghoul steeds for like a small cavalry if you want to make use of that. Um, and then just, you know, dozens of of imperial ghouls is what the stat block is called, but just like armored ghouls that can hit things harder than normal ghouls and also have crossbows. Fantastic. Are we just preparing or are we actually going to fight today? Because if we're fighting today, then Bastyr is going to hang out in the defense tower. I think that's, well... That's an interesting question. Uh, your two, com- you have, of course, Bizdira has no way of knowing this, but uh, the the general could indicate that it is an option to try and go and seek out these elementals and draw them into whatever sort of situation you want to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just wait for them to come back around. It's been about a day and change since this particular portion of the city was attacked by elementals. So, I mean, there's no real schedule to their attacks, uh, but you certainly could just set up and wait for them to arrive. That's also an option. So then I guess, I suppose that she'll have a, a group of cavalry like maybe not the entire cavalry, but a portion of them go out and kind of scout around, see if they can find and lure in uh, any elementals that are nearby. Okay. And then we'll do, I guess we'll set up a line of cavalry along with anyone that's not doing anything ranged behind them. Great. To, Love to that. To go along with them. Uh, and then have all the ranged up in the tower with me, just like okay. bombarding the elementals with whatever we can. Great. And you all are at the edges of the city. So you have the tower, which is specific for, oh, this is for all of you. You have this tower, which is specifically built to give you vantage points, Mm -hmm. but there are, you know, rubble of buildings and things like that, that can also provide both height and like high ground and cover for ranged stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we can also just say that you've got the archers sort of forming up around you as well. Sounds perfect. Okay, I like that. And you are sending, sorry, you're sending cavalry to go lure them out? Yeah. Only only a couple of the cavalry. Because I don't want to expend them all on that. I want want some of them still there. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of infantry to play with. Mm -hmm. Cavalry is a little more limited, so that seems smart. Uh, are Are you going with them or are you sending them off? I'm sending them off. My my biggest concern is that um, my hit points are not looking super great. Uh, hey, hey, the the advantage of being the four star general in this situation, right? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I still want to be like I. That's why I want to be in the tower. I want to still be raining down some destruction and all that. I have long range weapons, yeah, um, and all that. And if you know they don't find anything tonight, and we wait until tomorrow, then I'll be right there with the infantry. <laughs> right, absolutely, you know, absolutely. So okay. So you, uh, yeah, you set up, you get everyone in position before you send the cavalry out, mm-hmm. just in case. Uh, and you can send out that cavalry to go lure back some folks on your end as well. So we see, we have like a, a, a what, picture in picture three times, right? Like a tri-split screen where we see Flick up in the tower, uh, observing the tar zombies being loaded out and scanning the tree line for the return of the moss zombies, luring elementals towards this point. Gorlings and moss zombies, 
uh, at the ready. We see Kit uh, forming up with some shadows, uh, uh, tapping her staff into the ground and creating even deeper shadows around this group that is going to sneak into the forest to lure that set of elementals. And we have Bizdira doing what she does best, forming up fighters ready for a head-on collision of combat with some cavalry mounting up on those awful, awful ghoul steeds to head into the forest to lure out those enemies. And at the center, we just see, at the very center of the city, we see the building where Fiona and the Necroman are experimenting. And we just see a little flare of green light come from the seams in the door there uh, and sort of flare brightly and then dim slowly. And that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Ooh, be sure to listen next week to find out how our adventurers transition to their new role of army generals. I love this. You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at, at DNDLastRefuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. And speaking of reviews, Ooh, we got another one. Right. That's right. We have yet another review from Dutch Apple Podcasts. <laughs> This review is from Trig or Treat, and and Trig or Treat says five out of five Frosty's hats, five yeah. stars. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is joy to listen to, with both great storytelling and lots of funny moments, both in and out of character. And while the characters sometimes. <laughs> This is where you can tell that I have not read these in advance. And while the characters sometimes fail at band practice. <laughs> what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> the cast <laughs> seems to be rolling all their charisma performance checks at advantage. Aww, that's so sweet. I love that so much. Thank that's you, Trig. Really cool. I super Thanks. appreciate that. I appreciate you so very, very much, Trig. Uh, thank you for that review. If you want to leave one. Uh, you should do that so we can read it. If you have read one and we haven't read it, you should reach out to us on Twitter at DNDLastRefuge. Drop us a DM and uh, let us know if you can leave a screenshot of your review from the app where you left it. Uh, that would also be super helpful. I clearly am not doing a good job uh, of scanning other countries' Apple Podcast websites and pulling reviews. So so be sure and let us know so we can read them out loud on the air. Also, you can email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com, which we do love getting emails to. I know I always do that dismissively after a review. We love getting emails from you mm -hmm. all, but also leave us reviews. It's fine. <laughs> if you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. Com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupp, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... Bizdira. Kate. Uh, <laughs> Happy gaming, y'all. <laughs>fully destroyed, right? <laughs> the node was... Well, here's what I will say. The node was blown up when the lich removed the key from it. There was an explosion when that happened. Yeah. But you all were far, far away when it happened, so you don't know.